Christopher Media, the Weedsman Podcast. All right, man, it's time. It's time. Are we, are we ready for the list? The list. So we all made this list earlier. We sat around. Maybe uh, got uh, maybe got a little too high. Well, you making know, this list. We, we did get too high because we only made half the list. <laughs> the Weedsman Podcast every Friday on iTunes and ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. So well, this is uh, where the theme song would play. You want a theme song? Lick my balls, Chris. You're going to put the song in. <laughs> Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? All right, welcome to Unregimented, number 95. Yep, fast approaching 100. Are we going to do something special for 100? Hopefully I'm in town for it. Yeah, I hope so. We'll have to call in if not. But yeah, welcome. I'm Aaron. I'm Jay. I'm Rich. And no Chris. Wankers in fucking Vegas. He's doing, air quotes, business stuff right now yeah i saw a little yeah. evidence of the business that he was conducting well i have another buddy but, who's out in vegas right now and all he's posting is pictures of him at the uh the the d in las vegas yeah american coney island and i'm like you could have just stayed here for that fuck there's you a know? there's an american coney island in vegas yep i didn't know that yep they opened one out there and i think they opened a uh uh Andiamos too Hmm. I've been there like, well, I've been to Vegas like once, really. And I didn't even see that much of it. Saw some nice stuff, though. Uh, my but sister lives out there, but I've never, I've been through Vegas driving, but I've never stopped and spent any time there. So, yeah. I, I just, I don't think it's my type of town. I, uh, I had a good time at my uh, honeymoon out there. But, yeah. You know, it's my honeymoon. You know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> but no, I mean, we went, we didn't gamble a whole lot. We just, uh, Mm-hmm. hung out and checked out all the casinos and stuff and you know like all the hotels and ate right. a lot of them walked around i went to the fucking star trek experience out there buddy Ooh. hell yeah you get beamed up yeah buddy i sure <laughs> did it was great i rode in a shuttlecraft i got to stand oh. on the bridge i got in trouble for touching the uh tactical uh we had at least half a beam going yeah <laughs> snotty beamed me twice last night it was very enjoyable <laughs> Well, I don't know. I suppose if Pendulite could have fun in uh, in Vegas, I would find a way if I had to like live there or something. Of course, then he's like a millionaire. Yeah, but guys, between fear and loathing and leaving Las Vegas, uh-huh. I just I just Great never need movies. to go to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> like that just does not seem like a good idea for someone like me. So I'm yeah, just, I'm did, not a gambler. I did the no. total touristy thing though, man. Like you know, there's so many shows and shit. I saw Chicago in Vegas. Yeah, you know? yeah, the musical Chicago. Yeah, it sucked my dick. I was too busy fucking. Right. <laughs> I was, well, my wife got the tickets, Wasn't right? Sexy. I thought it didn't no, like capture I, your attention with well, all the legs and shit. It probably would have if I wouldn't have been in the fucking nosebleed seats. Oh, I let my wife pick the seats. She bring she the opera the glasses. You know? so my, yeah, <laughs> get the glasses with the little <laughs> handle on one side. My wife, right? You know, she wants to go to something special. Like we're on our fucking honeymoon. She's like, yeah, I want to go see Chicago. She's like, I'm going to book the show. I'm like, all right, great, get us some good seats. And I'm like, cool. You know, she's like, cool. So she, mm-hmm. you know, I was I went and did something. I came back and she's like, oh, I got us tickets. So I got us like the cheapest tickets I could get. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? She was like, yeah, like eighty dollars a piece. I got the cheapest tickets we could get. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what? She's like, what? I'm like, why the fuck didn't you get front row? She's like, well, that was like $200 a piece or 230 bucks a piece. I'm like, so fucking what? We're on our honeymoon. Right. You know? So we go to this show. I got in trouble because I ended up talking to the sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
The show's fucking over, and I'm talking to the sound guy, and I'm, yeah. I'm like, my wife's like, "Come on, we gotta go." I'm like, "But he's got a fucking soundcraft, goes blah blah right. blah, it's all this shit." I was like, "Oh, you know, dude, that was imp- it was impressive. The audio was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it was amazing. Like with the big horns and shit. Like, there, you know, yeah. I, I was like, wow. Like that's what got me. Did I always station myself uh, myself by the sound guy if I can because you get usually the best sound in the place. Yeah. And well, if the band sucks or the act sucks or whatever, you got something was, to look at. I was 10 rows up from him and I ended up talking to the sound well, I guess, guy. I guess it would be different in a big place like that. I usually run into this in smaller clubs. Right. Yeah, I'm always talking to the sound guy. Yeah. yeah. You got it, you know. Hey man, you know, can you turn up the vocals a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, I never <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like, never. No, I couldn't. I could never be uh, that guy. I fucked around and said it, you know, because I've known the sound guy. I walked up, and be like, "Hey, man, can you put uh, can you put some Rolling Stones on next? <laughs> right. Like right after this band, dude." <laughs> you hear that ring at like eight k? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, I did say something to the the only time ever yeah. I've said something to somebody. A sound guy was at uh, the Detroit pub. The dude was running a hundred and thirty five decibels in the fucking room. Oh, in the Detroit Jesus pub. Christ. In the Detroit pub. <laughs> I That's walked a up, overkill. To, dude. I walked up to him with my fucking, you know, I got a, I got a scope, a DB scope on my phone. Yeah, and, you know, give or take five DB, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Because I've actually had like a full uh, audio spectrometer. Yeah, uh, in front of me, and like the DBs, like I, it's like plus or minus five. Sometimes it's right on, sometimes it's off. You mm-hmm. just recalibrate it. But you know, I'm like, I walked up, I'm like, dude, uh, it's fucking too loud in here. Yeah. He's like, that's what it's supposed to be at. I'm like, no, dude, you're like 25 fucking dB hot in this bitch. Yeah, like, <laughs> for that place is special. Yeah, that's, that's like playing the logger house yeah. with a 65 twin on 10. Right. I mean, there's no reason to die. First of all, you don't it's need a goddamn jet two, engine man. taking off in the fucking room. <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. I mean, come on. Damn near. Yeah, I mean, I had Jesus. earplugs on and my ears were hurting. I'm like, this is fucking retarded. God you know? Damn. Yeah, for those who don't really follow what we're talking about, just imagine the opening scene of Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For an much. hour. <laughs> For a fucking hour. Holy oh, crap, dude. Yeah, it was all metal, too. It was great, but it was just like, fuck, this is loud. And like, it, you know, like you go to a concert sometimes, and it's so fucking loud, it makes you sick. Yeah. You ever have that? Yeah. I don't know. I get that. But Well, yeah, if yeah. it was a metal show, I don't doubt that the guy was like, knew what, what like, was consciously trying to reach those that db level you know that's some like man of war shit though like we're the loudest <laughs> band ever no because it's, right, it's, it's everything, no, everything's competition with metal i it, know it but it's it, it, like it was, their it was ridiculous dude it was fucking ridiculous it, but the sound guy works for detroit pub now i've been uh, there since then and the sound has been good the one near us yeah 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 yeah, yeah the sound has been good and the, the stage problem is, is like a fucking cannon yeah dude <laughs> the stage is like they built your stage. fucking face yeah everything's up so you put your amp on the floor it's right in somebody's face yeah. and they tucked it back in so it just fires everything out yeah and then it's really the, difficult to control now, the sound on there the as flank, is. on the flank they actually yeah. have you know how they have those pillars built up yeah like in those pillars are fucking like qsc speakers right like, oh yeah yeah and, and they're totally. blown they're freaking <laughs> they just rode those to oh, death oh man like i just hear the that annoys the fuck like, out of man, me this fucking suck yeah, I, I never notice it when I'm playing because, well, you notice it if your monitors are out, which is usually the case. You're right. playing a small club. But yeah, I, I always hate 
uh, going to a place and hearing a blowing out sound system. Yeah, much that, less getting off the stage and have somebody else tell you. That place uh, is, you guys sounded all right. It's but, set up wrong, dude. The yeah. place is set up all wrong. Yeah. See, I, that's how come I always loved my twin because it had the kickback stands. So I never had yeah. to worry about monitors because yeah. I, you know, I, I would aim it at me. And it was also easy to kind of just turn a little bit, catch some feedback if I wanted it. Yep. Because, you know, yeah, it's right there. Nice. It's aimed right at you. Those fenders are nice like that. You looking to buy another one? <laughs> oh really? Not, I know somebody's selling a Fender, a, a twin, or I believe it's a twin. Okay, we'll yeah. get we'll get back to this. <laughs> yeah, not put your bowler away, Aaron. Maybe Aaron. <laughs> well, Aaron's like, really? <laughs> uh, my my little Fender has been blown for a while. I need a new amp. Well, what's blown on it? I think the power transformer's shot. I know somebody who fix it pretty cheap. Dude. Right? Yeah, I I got to get some money that Probably I like can, sixty uh, bucks. Huh? That's not bad. Probably do that soon. Thank you for listening, liking, and sharing Unregimented on Facebook and following Unregimented on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. If you like Unregimented, please tell a friend to visit ChristopherMedia.net. You can subscribe to Unregimented on iTunes for free just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. You can also show your support for Unregimented when you buy something on iTunes just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. It won't cost you anything extra, and it shows your support for Unregimented. While you're on iTunes, please remember to write a review and rate Unregimented 5 stars. Just click on the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Android users can listen to Unregimented for free at ChristopherMedia.net by clicking on the Stitcher radio player on our homepage. You can also listen to Unregimented for free at TuneIn.com or by downloading their free TuneIn radio app. Don't forget, you can always listen to Unregimented for free across any platform just by going to ChristopherMedia.net. Make sure to check out all of the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. Mondays and Fridays, you have Unregimented. Reach us at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Tuesdays and Fridays, you have the Weedsman Podcast. Find those guys at the Weedsman 420 on Twitter. Wednesday, you have the Projection Booth, projection-booth.com, or at Pro Boothcast on Twitter. Saturday, you have the Captain's Table at Captain's Podcast on Twitter. You can also check out one of our new shows. Well, new to us. It's the Ugly Club Podcast. It's another movie podcast, but these guys go with more of a theme each week rather than just one movie. You can check them out at Ugly Club Podcast on Twitter or UglyClubPodcast.com. If you like Unregimented and want to show your support for Unregimented, you can donate to Christopher Media by clicking through the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click through the Amazon banner at ChristopherMedia.net and bookmark the link. It won't cost you anything extra, and when you buy something, you will show your support for Unregimented. If you're looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net that's who we use to host Unregimented. When you sign up for HostGator by clicking through the banner at ChristopherMedia.net, you are helping to support Unregimented. So, a lot of crazy news this week. Uh, there was a big story by Seymour Hirsch, and I don't know if you guys have ever read any of his work, but uh, it tends to be a, quite the controversial journalist. Not always the most uh, well-sourced journalist either and very opinionated but i i don't I can't say that what he proposes in this article doesn't sound logical if you haven't read it the, the article is the killing of osama bin laden and what it's about is he he takes uh he picks apart the White House story of what really happened, right? Which was there was because they 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 caught somebody. Who did they catch and like interrogate and find out where he was? Uh, that was his driver. It, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it was. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. his driver. Yeah. So the, yeah, they catch and interrogate the driver. They find out where he's staying, and then in the middle of the night, they fly a couple of helicopters in. And the Navy SEALs go in and take them out. Haven't you seen Zero Dark Thirty, motherfucker? <laughs> I actually, actually, I have not. <laughs> I know it's 
same here. I haven't, but everyone, yeah. all my friends are like, oh, dude, it's great. Uh, I'm like, let I'm, me put it this way. I'm not going to put any type of like, it's great, it's bad, it's anything. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you it's Hollywood's rendition of what happened. Like right. leading up to it, it's a good movie. I liked it. Yeah. But it's like Hollywood. The best way to describe it is Hollywood's rendition of the White House story that we've all been given. Right. Which the White House story actually kind of sounds more like a, a Hollywood story. It, exactly. And if, yeah, like, come on, man. It's, it's kind of a yeah. wag the dog thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because wasn't, wasn't essentially the, uh, those seals equipped with like body cameras and the president and, you know, his whatever oh, yeah, you know, yeah. inner circle were watching live as it I'm went sure. down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Abs- well, actually, they were. Yeah. Okay, so it could have happened that way. That's actually, it's not that exact moment that he's contesting in his article. What he's talking about in this article is that uh, there, well, there was a, a retired general that he interviews, Assad Durrani. He, he's a, I'm sorry, he's a Pakistani general. And his claim is that uh, basically Pakistan had Osama bin Laden for a while, like since 2006. And they well, were. We, ju- we've known that. And that he was kept prisoner by them this whole time. And so Pakistan knows where he is. Pakistani intelligence knows where Osama bin Laden is. They will tell American intelligence where he is as soon as the price is right, which ended up being $25 million. That seemed like a lot of money, big picture. Yeah, but, but I mean, how much, how much was the. Because remember, he was on the top 10 most wanted, yeah, blah, blah, blah. How yeah. much was the price if you gave him up? I mean, wasn't it something like 10 million anyways? I thought it was 20 or 25. I don't okay. know. It, it kept going up. Every year he wasn't caught. Yeah, gotcha. Give me just one second. I wanted to pull up a specific quote from this. Okay, uh, so he says in his article on uh, spring, he contacted Durrani, told him in detail what he had learned about the bin Laden assault from the American resources, that bin Laden had been a prisoner of the ISI at Abbottabad compound since 2006, that Kayani and Pasha knew of the raid in advance. These are guys that worked for the, uh, the Pakistani intelligence, and it made sure that the two helicopters delivering the SEALs to Abbottabad could cross Pakistani airspace without triggering any alarms that the CIA did not learn of bin Laden's whereabouts by tracking his couriers as the White House had claimed since May 2011 but from a former senior Pakistani intelligence officer who betrayed the the secret in return for much of the 25 million dollar reward offered by the US and that while Obama did order the raid and the SEAL team did carry it out many other aspects of the administration's account were false and the general confirms all of that. So I'm sorry, it wasn't so much that the, the price didn't end up being right for Pakistan. It ended up being right for this one guy, this, for, this uh, intelligence officer. It also ended up being right for the White House. It was worth the price to pay for that kind of press to say that they got Obama. Obama. <laughs> Osama. I knew I would do it at least once. <laughs> so... The White House response to this story, no direct response. They won't They won't directly address Seymour Hersh's story. What they did instead was release a flood of papers that they came across when they, when they actually did the raid. These were Osama bin Laden's uh, love letters to his wife, his will, emails, his journals, uh, in addition to all of his plans for taking out Americans. Of course that's in there. Yeah, you, you got to have a little bit of that. Uh, but really, it was just like a, just an information flood and a way to kind of divert people's t- attention. Oh, you want to talk about Osama bin Laden? Well, oh, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Look at all this shit that we found. 
I didn't uh, I didn't read of any news necessarily in any of that. Sure, you would imagine the guy's going to plan further attacks, but he's dead now. Sure. So, sure, yeah. And who the fuck cares about his love letters or his wills or who he wished would take over his uh, jihad? Uh, you know the the what? Actually, it's funny because I heard on NPR. I heard about this. You know, you heard I, about the about letters this, being released. Whole, yeah, I heard about this whole story. Right, I, I this, was they they were everything about Seymour, Seymour Hersh, Hersh, right? and Okay, okay. <laughs> and what they were saying in NPR, I don't know if this is a spin or not, but they were saying that Seymour Hersh actually stated there were no books or none of that existed. He actually mm-hmm. said none of that existed, and then to, he said that like yesterday. And today they come oh. out and released all that shit. That's what NPR said today. So I was kind of like, uh, okay, like I didn't know if like so that he was, was trying to further poke holes in their argument and say, oh right. well, look, they said they found all this stuff and they never found it, and they're like, right. oh yeah, well, oh yeah, here you go, motherfucker, eat this. Right. That was basically what that was. That was you know the government like basically smashing a conspiracy theorist or whatever you want to call or, or attempting to. Yeah. I mean, if you right. if you don't refute the major argument, that was oh, like that a finer was, point of his dude, overall. Was, you know that was the White House PR people going, oh. Go, go fucking release this shit today. We gotta yeah. blow this guy out because, like, we gotta fucking. Or, or we gotta stay up all night and write control. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shit. Who can write oh, yeah. Arabic at two o'clock in the morning? <laughs> all right, hold, hold on, hold on. Do we have enough tinfoil to have this conversation? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> oh, this is just hypothetical and funny. Whatever. I mean, it could not. You know, whatever, dude. I don't know the truth. You know, who fucking does? You know, the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. That's who. Well, I'm assuming well, the people that that probably ordered the SEAL team in know the truth, and we'll never actually hear that truth. It's honestly, even it's it's even like the Kennedy files. Like even though they released them, there was shit blacked out, like entire paragraphs left and right. Yeah, honestly, you dude, know that that I don't understand why we did why they. I, I understand why they made it so public about going in and getting Osama bin Laden, but I just think. I think they could have done it a better way. I think they could have just paid. Dude, just give the fuck back to any government a billion dollars. Fuck it. We want Osama Bin Laden here. Give us a motherfucker right now. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, here you go. You know, because they're fucking Pakistanis, dude. They're, I hate Pakistanis, dude. I will fucking. I'm saying it on the air. You ain't got to edit that out. I've never been not stabbed in the back by a Pakistani person. Yeah. Never. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm sure I know Pakistani lot, people, but I don't know them like that. Every fucking one of them. Well, that was so, the thing is, like, Pakistan is supposed to be our ally in yeah. all this. Right. Right. Because they're basically like, we right. don't want any trouble. Point Go ahead taken. and use our airspace. There's my point. And <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it, I just think that, you know, it could have been, it should have been, it, the government, sh- if they were going to wag the dog at all, I, I'm just going to throw that out there. If they're going to wag the dog at all, I don't know why they had to make it such a fucking Hollywood theatrical way that we did it. I wish they would have come out and been like, oh, diplomacy worked. We got Osama bin Laden because the Pakistani government right. decided to cooperate with us and not tell us how much it costs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah, you but know, that, that would have been better diplomacy. But it's giving the people that, what they want to see. I mean, it's like, why I, does Michael Bay have so many explosions in his movies? At the same time. Because guys, they test never, well. If if Why? if they had just because if they had just negotiated with the Pakistani government and took him into custody, yeah, he'd have had to stand trial. And let's be honest, I never thought he was going to make it to trial. <laughs> no, I, I was like, we're not. He's not going to trial. He's well, the type Saddam of motherfucker. Oh, no, wait he's a given minute. Trial on a boat. He ain't going go to go to trial for what? He's over there. <laughs> if the, if Pakistan gave him up earlier. I don't know that that would necessarily change the way things went down. I don't think we wanted him any earlier. I think nope. we knew exactly where the fuck he was. We knew exactly what he was fucking doing, and we were watching mm-hmm. him do what he was doing. 
I, I really right. So I mean, Pakistan was an, was our ally in so much <laughs> that they were going to sit on him until we needed him, until we had use for him. Yeah, until they needed a victory, quote unquote victory, and mm-hmm. a fucking moral moral, you know, like make everybody rah rah rah. Right. You well, know, I mean, again, they did get him like the what a couple months before but, the ten year anniversary of nine eleven. Right. But if, exactly. But who who in the White House knew about this? Because if if they had um, according to Seymour Hersh's story, since two thousand. 2006, then wouldn't wouldn't that be a big win for Bush? Wouldn't that be a great way to wrap up? No, that was like no, dude. Because this is you got to think about it this way. This is all like a okay conspiracy theory corner. Mm-hmm. It's all um you know like the military complex. Like yeah. Bush would didn't want that win. You know what I mean? Like Bush didn't want that win. It's like okay, we're gonna let the Democrats have it because you know they're the Democrats and they're liberal and you know it's a good political move. We're right. we're protecting the country. You know blah blah blah. We're gonna start the Patriot Act and this and that. Which we can talk about that too because that's coming up to a to a head right now. It's supposed to expire here pretty soon. Right. And they keep extending it. It's, it's well, been... yeah, we'll get on that in a minute because yeah, actually uh, this week it expires this week. So anyways, um, the conspiracy theory. Is is the fact that, you know, hey, you got this industrial war complex. Republicans are all behind that fucking shit. Right. You know, and Democrats, yeah, they're all behind that shit too because it makes them both fucking money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you have a fucking multi-president war, you're, you're generating all this money. We can crash our economy and basically reset it and fucking, you know, make it big brother on our dime. Right. You know, and, you know that's... Right, because I, they know that there's there, certain but. businesses, there's certain industries that are just too big to fail, to right. use a great term that... Well, if they were, we'd just fucking prop them and, up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. We would prop them up if they did fail. But overall, it's the bigger business. Big, bigger businesses in slower times don't fail. No, they just downsize. They shrink yeah. a little bit and they weather through it. And it's the small businesses that fall out. And, and when yeah. the economy comes back up, all the business goes back to the big business because right. that's who's left. Well, everybody's so freaking used to going to the big business to get their business done so in this theory then because it's business time so so bush administration would have known but said that's great we know where he is but if we make people think that he's still out there then we can keep hunting for him and keep this whole war going on yeah we got well it's it's kind of like the whereas uh, obama needed the win and he he was like yeah no we're gonna we're gonna kill him it's kind of like the uh for the the cold war you know it's like the boogeyman we know they're over there Dude, but I, they don't. As long as we have an enemy, we can fight a perpetual war against. I miss, right. I miss the Cold War, man. Yeah. I do. Compared to this shit we have now, I fucking miss the Cold War. It never came here. At least we were fighting something more concrete. It never came here. Right. It never came well, here. Well, it was propaganda. That's all we what got. About here. Cuba. What about Cuba? That was back in the 60s. We had the Cold War all the way up through the fucking, I'd say, almost the 90s. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the 80s. And it's like, uh, <clears throat> dude, shit was rolling all right. <laughs> Well, duck, duck and cover, man. Duck and cover. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, what's the biggest I, I, conflict? Something I wouldn't wish, wish for is uh, more po- for Russia as they are now to have more power. I think Afghanistan, all it is is basically us saying, yeah, Russia, look what we can, motherfucker. You couldn't do it. You did it 20 years in that bitch. Look what we're doing. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. If you go back and watch Rambo 3, he's fighting alongside the Taliban against the Russians. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, and I don't, all my right-wing friends are like, oh, we love Rambo. I'm like, do you understand who he's fighting? <laughs> Fighting alongside of in that movie. Oh, shit. Like, have you stopped and actually listened to the, you know, what little plot there is? And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, whatever. It was the 80s, man. The Taliban were cool in the 80s. They were on yeah, our yeah, side, right. man. <laughs> yeah, we gave Saddam Hussein the key to the city of Detroit in the 80s. You know, shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's no bullshit. That's real know, shit, dude. too. Because <laughs> of Dearborn, man. Speaking of crazy fights, what the fuck is going on in Waco? Oh, like, boy. <laughs> what well, is it about was, Waco? That was, the, that was uh, the Bandidos. The Bandidos versus the Cossacks. And Again, one speaking other. of Russians. And then one other. One other. There was another uh, Yeah, local, I guess, but the majority of it, the, the big turf fight was the Cossacks versus the Bandidos. Right. It was a drug turf issue, right? And it was actually Ooh. at a Twin Peaks in fucking, you know what <laughs> Twin Peaks is, right? It's like a Hooters. Yeah. I knew what so, Twin Peaks was, right, but well, this apparently was something different that I wasn't familiar with. They, they took their freaking liquor license away for that. So I haven't read into the story yeah. anymore. I'd like to know why they lost their liquor license over that. Because, because you know why? Because they shit was going down. They had a regular biker night. That pa- oh. The place was packed, and the rival gang showed up, and the police were like, uh, you're about to have a turf war happening on your establishment. And the manager said, piss off. Off, these guys spent a lot of money here and I ain't kicking them out. Oh. So that's why they got their liquor license. Yeah, re- fuck that re- then. Yeah, see you later, motherfuckers. That manager's yeah. fucked. <laughs> part, part, no. part of something that I think is getting lost in this is that uh, what? these are these are one percenter motorcycle clubs. Oh, right. These are these are motorcycle clubs that aren't these your are gangs. Ru- yes, these are not your riding enthusiasts. This is not sure. a club. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. This is this these are motherfuckers who are making a living. I thought you were saying they were rich. Outlaw bikers, man. Yeah, yeah. Like and that type of one percenter. Dude, did you? No, 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 no. Yeah. No. I was watching I mean, the a, local news, like, the you know, the next day after that happened, and holy uh-huh. shit, they were calling out the highwaymen, and they were calling everybody out. Lo- they're, they actually, like, they the te- had it on they had fucking Walker Fox out there, 2. The Texas Ranger. They had it on Fox fucking 2. Yeah. It was like um, local, local gang danger. Yeah. Local biker gang danger. And I'm, that that was the fucking footer, of, you know, on the screen the whole time while this dude's talking about our local biker gangs and shit. Like, mm-hmm. like this could happen here. You, oh, it's gonna happen here too. Uh, yeah, I, that's why I'm going to Gibraltar on bike night. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, this is serious. This was fucking brass knuckles, chains, yeah, and then guns. fucking shotguns. At <laughs> uh, nine people dead in this brawl, eighteen injured, one hundred and seventy arrests. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of the scope of this thing. Yep. Because you know a lot of them got Did you away. Hear what too. the arrest charge was? Uh, um, gang it was, participating was it? in organized crime. Yes, pr- thank you. So are they charging them under a RICO predicate? No, okay, because so that's, it's not like they that's did specifically the like a backdoor way of getting a, a gang activity when you can't see them with a gun in their hand. Well, well no, because the, the, the feds raided the highwayman's uh, uh, clubhouse in 97 yeah. and basically gutted the leadership because they got a bunch of people to roll over on each other because motherfuckers were like, I ain't going to prison. Because, I mean, really, right. when you start getting into outlaw biker gangs, it's all it's it's just like the mafia. You know, you're, you, yeah, right. you're only as worth as much as you earn and you always have to kick up it's a pyramid scheme right which right. is why they can go in there and grab a guy and say hey we can put you away for 10 years for tax evasion unless you roll on your buddies oh yeah, yeah and there's a lot of guys well, who did that. that's so, why the ats part of the treasury department by the way out of the the 170 arrests there were actually uh, everyone was given a million dollar bond which in texas they yeah. the the uh bail bondsmen were like nobody's putting up that kind of money like you are not no. getting out on a million dollar bond that's a hundred Hundred and seventy million dollars that would cost. Oh, I thought it was ten percent. Well, 
but it would be $170 million worth of bond. So what's 10% of 170 million? That's $17 million, right? Oh, I'm sorry. 170 million. Yeah, I'm sorry. I see what you're yeah. saying for all those guys. So still, it would be, no. it would still be like 17. Am I, my math's right, right? It'd be like $17 million. Well, right. gentlemen, let's be honest. Yeah. These, these guys, these guys are, if there's 170 of them from three different gangs in there, uh, they're more probably comfortable yeah, they're fine. in prison than right. they would be on the street getting like, sweated. Hey, Jim, so. haven't seen you in six months. How the hell you been? <laughs> there's exactly. there's three <laughs> guys that that were given uh, $50,000 <coughs> bails. That's because they flipped. And, uh, <laughs> no, actually, they, they claim it was an oversight. Oh. I think, well, maybe this uh, they got processed before the public outrage happened, mm-hmm. but they were actually uh, out on bail, and so they issued another warrant for each one of them and <coughs> put, their, uh, put their bail back to a million dollars. Wouldn't that suck? Yeah. You're just strutting around like your shit don't stink. Laughing at it. All those 167 people that have to. (laughs) That's not the place I'd want to be. Yeah, dude. Well, well, here's the thing. I wouldn't want to be the ones getting out on 50 grand because they're going to be like, what the fuck did you do to get that? Oh, yeah, dude. Your your street cred's fucked. (laughs) You're dead, man. They probably did that to all the leaders just to be like, yeah, we'll put. Like, if I walked into the court and they're like, okay, you $167 million bond, uh, you and these two, fifty thousand. I'd be like, "Fuck you, Your Honor." You know, <laughs> that's a dead you motherfucker. I right. said, "Smith, I'm you're out of here." Yeah. Somebody sorry, bailed you out. No, 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 not me. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't leaving. What I meant to say is, "Suck my balls, Your Honor." I need a million dollars bail, or else you're going to get me killed. Are you kidding me? Okay, who do Sir, I? Sir, I'd like contempt of court. Go fuck yourself, please. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> who do I got to punch in this courtroom right now to get my bail raised? Punch the bailiff. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one question. If I punch the bailiff, will I get? Will that add to my time? I don't want to go. Maybe if I go for somebody without a gun, <laughs> knock your own lawyer out. Yeah, smack the prosecutor. <laughs> well, usually a lot of those are. That's the thing. Those are video arraignments anymore. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, there's one thing about this this story that um, I've seen uh, a few of my friends comment on yeah. uh, online, and, and when we talk about it, they're like, "Where's all these uh, these outraged people yelling thugs and all this shit at them?" And 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 you got you know you guys are gangsters, and you guys oh, are you know they didn't burn the Twin Peaks down. Well, yeah, but it's 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 a valid point in my in 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 my point of view because man, if this had been the Crips and the Bloods, oh shit, dude. that'd have been yeah, a national that well, been a it was national, national. storm. It was still a national shit storm. Yeah, not but not on the scale of well, I don't. I don't race know. would come into it, like yeah, I, it, no. like race race hasn't been brought up into this. Pretty much like it's just oh they're biker gangs, which is let's be honest, code for mostly white white no, trash. Man, banditos are fucking usually uh, like Hispanic. I mean, I know there's non-Hispanics, but yeah, they're yeah. That's that's what I was wondering. How many like when you have the Cossacks versus the banditos? How how much is this race based, or is that just it's name? not really race based? Right. No, it's it's well, just most. Well, you know, this was the most. Con- this was just confusing to me. That you might as well have told me that fucking pirates raided a Hooters. Yeah, right. Like I was just like, <laughs> what? Yeah, right. What the fuck are you talking about? This exists. This still goes on in this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. It so I'm a little sheltered on that. Well, that's I was uh, I was at a you know, local my- tattoo place, right? I was uh, I went in um, to get pricing on a tattoo. Actually, on my 
on the you know I have my daughter's drawing on my arm mm-hmm. and um you know they were all the people in there there's this chick looking at the drawing she's a tattoo artist she's like oh this is really cool they're all like oh yeah it's totally cool they're all really cool people right and then all of a sudden this dude walks in the door and the room went fucking like sour quick yeah and uh, what i found out was that the dude who runs that place is a highwayman and the guy who walked in is his best friend but he's a vigilante uh-huh. and they're not i guess they're like rivals or whatever to fuck sure but like what why do you got a fucking rivalry, dude? You know, like what? What the fuck? Because they got anger and they don't know where to point it. Go buy yeah. some sheep. Go fuck a sheep. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, have, I had a friend. I had a friend who um, can't you blame your parents like the rest of us? I have a friend who was into high women, and he uh, he gave me some. I'm not going to name his name, but he gave me some insight into how it works. And he's like, honestly, 90 percent of those guys are just guys that want to belong to something, right? And then you got 10 oh, percent of those guys who are actually running the show, and those are the guys you don't want to fuck with. No, I you know I can under I can understand gang mentality, especially when you don't have much of a family or you know a good group of friends, or maybe all your friends are just in a fucking gang. Right, it just happens to be like that. Yeah. Now, see, I was at a maybe you uh, grew up with it. I don't know. I was at a grand opening for a restaurant. Mm-hmm. My brother in law was uh, he actually was a uh, what do you call that a mixologist. Uh, anyways, he goes into bars and helps them open. Mm-hmm. You know, was there keep, a Viking raid? No, <laughs> a fucking vigilante dude. A vigilante walked in the door. Yeah. Like wearing his full colors and shit. And like, I'm in the middle, like my fucking wife's whole family's there. And my wife and kids are there. I'm like, we got to go. Like mid dinner. I'm like, we got to go. <laughs> and my wife's like, what? I'm like, I don't fucking eat places bikers are at. And she's really? like, yeah, no biker gang people. Fuck that. No, fuck you, dude. Fuck that shit. Uh uh-uh. Nope. Got to go. See, I, I've because of some of the places that we would play. Like, I mean, we had the, a lot of jokers come into uh, one of our uh, places where we were the house band and they loved us. I mean, they're like, come play our clubhouse. We can't we won't pay you, but we'll give you free food, free drugs and free pussy. And I'm like, I like all that, you know, So, <laughs> but but then again, I was coming from a musician standpoint. Right. They wanted, no. You know, well, I'm sure they're right. great when they're being nice to you. Oh yeah, no, oh, they're definitely, fine. Definitely. No, and I but mean, I would never fucking hang out with. They've them. all been fine yeah. with me. They've all, everyone I've ever met has been fucking fine, just fine mm-hmm. with me, because you know I look like fucking, you know. <laughs> Tall white dude, shaped right. head. You right. Know? <laughs> hey. So. Oh, dude, when I had long hair and a beard, you know how many times did they come up? Yeah, you ride. Yeah, right. No. Uh, no <laughs> you know, no. I'm not even going to. Just fat I mean, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this is the thing. Like, I, some of my friends would be like, "Man, why didn't you?" Ta-? I'm like, "These are not the dudes you want to front with because you never know when you got nope. the crazy one." Nope, dude. And like, all of a sudden, you're playing and you're not playing the song exactly the way they want you to play it, and there's a beer bottle being thrown at you. <laughs> uh-huh. Fuck that, yep. dude. Play no. places with like, chicken. No, dude, I mean, like, whatever, man, if that's your lifestyle, but I ain't going to fucking be around it, you know? And that's what I told my wife. And and my brother-in-law saw us packing up, and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, dude, you know, I told him, like, I'm not, I do not, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. I'm like, it's just. Yeah, I don't do Sons of Anarchy. Right, that fucking element walks in the door, you know, and I don't give, he's by himself. I don't give a fuck, but, you know, Mm -hmm. there could be 50 others showing up. You know, he's friends with the owner, you know, I guess. All right. And right there, I was like, okay. And you know, my, he's, my brother, I was like, yeah, he's friends with the owners. It's cool. It's cool. I'm like, no, it's not cool. <laughs> no, it's worse. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, I, I'm. we're leaving. And like, he was actually mad at me. And I'm like, dude, you can choose to be wherever you want to be. Mm-hmm. I don't feel it's the environment that I want my family in. So, because you know, it's yeah, like and a- that's that's another thing. If I'm by myself, it's one thing. If I was yeah. with like yeah. my wife and my kid, right? Okay, at that point, no, yeah. no. I mean, because I lived in I lived in Florida. My dad always took me to Bike Week, and he, I mean, he always went to Bike Week. He shit, he's been riding since he was like 14. You know, and he would take me to Bike Week, and I never had any problems. You know, I was always, but he was 
was like, I knew where to keep you, what places at bike week to keep you away from. Right. You know, it's like, there was places that he goes, if I was here by myself, I might've went into that place or, you know, <laughs> your whatever. Dad, your dad was a motor of a motorcycle enthusiast, right? He wasn't part of yeah. anything. Right. Yeah, so like, yeah. that's fine, man. I mean, that's great, but. He went for the true meaning of bike week, which was to go <laughs> check out cool bikes, meet some other people. Yeah. Like if you, you show know. up with a hog patch on, I'm not leaving, dude. That's Harley owner group. Like, I know. I'm not yeah. leaving. My know? dad rides a Harley and he, uh, he went out to Sturgis and right, that's great. fucking hung out. Fuck but yeah. he was he was telling me like, yeah, you know, we went and hit up a couple bars, but like we weren't getting into the rest of that crazy shit. Right. Yeah, I've been to the uh. Easy Rider Rodeo out in uh it was in Fenton when I when I went back in two thousand one, I wanna say. Uh, and, I missed uh, that, dude. I missed it. I had I was I got invited to go and I had to work. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, I so badly wanted to go. Yeah, I uh what what happened was is uh the girlfriend at the time, her dad, he rode and so they had actually set up for the weekend out there, like in a little camper and everything. And we we lived in Wixom, so it wasn't that far of a drive for us. So we just went out there and hung out for a night, you know, crashed a night, woke up in the morning, went home. But it was like you could definitely tell there was the people like my girlfriend's uh parents who were just like there for the, you know, hey, you know, we, we enjoy this type of culture, you know, everybody drinking a little bit, talking bikes and all this. And, and then you, they had another element that was like over there somewhere, you know, and it was like, don't wander over there, you know, because you might get in some shit. And the thing you know, is, just, is they yeah. don't they don't usually wander over to your side either, you know. Exactly. But right, yeah. Fucking <coughs> okay. posers. Like I said, it, 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 yeah, exactly. Well, could you imagine yuppie bikers? Could you imagine if we had like some huge conference where like uh, the Bloods and the Crips all got together and got yeah. fucked up, and all all right. these people showed up dressed like they were in a gang? Right. Like, well, people, also, people would lose their, white people loser. would lose their fucking, fucking minds. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's what I was. That's what I was getting at. But I mean, right. Same well. Time. I, here you go. All right. Here's private example. You know, like I fucking I left a fucking establishment in the middle of fucking dinner because a biker walked in the door and yeah. I will never go back there, you know, mm -hmm. because a, a gang member showed up like he's not a fucking biker. He's a gang member. Like you could be in a motorcycle club. That's cool. So I don't know how vigilantes are now, but back in the day, they were not. Uh, They're like the highwaymen. Yeah, they were. The, they were the the, for but lack of a better term, because it's gonna sound like I'm glorifying it. The legit type shit. They were the guys that were like, yeah, yeah, we do some, we do some illegal shit. You got a problem with it? Right. Nope. Right. I'm good. I you know, that's, 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 that's your thing. You do that. I'm going to go do this no, over sir, here. No, sir, I you do not. It would be no different if fucking I'm walking, you know, down the street in my neighborhood and someone's like, yo, what's up, cuz? Like, oh, yeah, I'm good, man. All right. You, you're all right. You know, you do you do your thing. I'm doing my thing. I don't, it, mm, yes. Uh-uh. Right. No, I'm not getting no, mixed up know, in that shit. Right. I, I don't, you know. You hey, don't dude, even start the conversation. That's the lifestyle you fucking choose. I'm just going to stay the fuck away from it if I can control it, you know. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, call me a pussy or whatever for packing my family up because one biker shows up but yeah jay i don't think anybody yeah. is gonna call you a pussy. i shouldn't no, say like, biker i'm like, saying i'm sorry i keep using the term biker and that's wrong one one fucking gang a, member shows up i'll use okay. the right fucking term right, because a right. biker dude i have no problem with bikers my kids mm -hmm. were actually sitting on motorcycles today yeah. some friends of mine friends of mine that, that type of behavior sure <laughs> Jesus, man, when I was like... And I just put a bike chain in their hands. <laughs> no, when I was like two or three, my dad used to set me on his gas tank. And he would and, and, and drive with me on his bike. And like to think of someone doing that with a, a three-year-old yeah. now, even though, I mean, I had a little chips helmet and everything, you right. know. Like, <laughs> you know, and... and, and, and <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You know, I'm surprised he didn't buy some small aviator shades and put them on me and go, okay, sit on the gas tank, son. But, but no, I was just like, to, to imagine that nowadays, people would, first of all, lose their shit. 
and that parent would not have custody of their kid for very long. And second of all, how old oh, are you God. supposed to be before you get a, a kid on a bike at this point? Even as a passenger. Right. I mean, you know, to me, I, I grew up riding with my dad, so it was always natural. Yeah, you you want to instill viral outrage from the nation? Yeah, somebody post a little Vimeo of, uh, of uh, you know, a kid riding on a motorcycle like that. And um, parents and non-parents everywhere just crying for that, that person to be uh, incarcerated. I just showed Aaron a picture of both my sons on a Harley, right? There's, it's parked Harley. Well, mm-hmm. that was the one of my friends and his wife drives a Can-Am Spider. Mm-hmm. So his wife literally like drove all of my kids around on her Can-Am Spider in the parking lot. Like just gave them all a ride today in the parking lot. It was the fucking greatest thing. They were fucking happy as shit. Yeah. Oh, you know, but um, my wife's best friend, you know, her daughter, it's actually her sister that owns a Can-Am. <laughs> her daughter wanted to go out on a ride with it. And she's like, no, no, you can't go on. No way, no way. And her boyfriend's like, what are you talking about? She's like, she can't go on that thing. And it's like, yeah, she can. She's nine years old. She goes, she's nine years old. She can't go on that thing. And, and, but he's like, I was riding motorcycles when I was nine years old. Yeah, exactly. And she's yeah. like, no way. I'm like, yeah, way. I was too. <laughs> Four wheelers, three wheelers, you know, mm-hmm. freaking snowmobiles. My uncle had a like small snowmobile we all rode around, you know, mini bikes. I'm like, yeah, dude, let her on there. So, yeah, that, that broke the ground through there. But, anyways, that's gangs, not bikers. I don't mean any disrespect right. to fucking responsible people that like to drive motorcycles. Responsible people, not the fucking jackasses that are begging to be part of the road doing fucking 130 when there's like stop traffic. Like in between cars. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I, what I find more they annoying than someone on a Harley is these motherfuckers on crotch rockets. Yeah, yeah, those are the guys really getting in and out of traffic. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Harley dudes are usually cruising, man. Yeah, they're usually just cruising. They yeah, if it ain't easy rider, fuck it. But these right. motherfuckers on crotch rockets are like, let's, let's do 160. Yeah, in stop traffic, like between the cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. I witnessed that today, dude. This guy, really? like, I looked in my rearview mirror. I'm stopped on 696. I look in my rearview mirror and I see this motorcycle coming. And I'm stopped. And he fucking literally goes between the cars. Like, didn't slow down. Yeah. Just kept on going right through the cars. I'm like, you fucking idiot. You know, like... He was catching up to me. You know what I mean? Right. Like I was doing probably 80 miles an hour before I stopped, but he was catching me doing the 80. And then I started slowing down the stop and he just keeps on going. That's insane. I mean, how many, first of all, if you, you hit a mirror going that fast, when you hit traffic, people are instantly like, I got to change lanes and get in the one right. that's going faster. Right. And they're, they're figuring everyone stopped around. They're not checking way back behind them. They're right. just looking for an opening so yeah. they could cut over at any second and yep. cut you off. All and it you'd takes go is... flipping 20 feet in the air. Yeah. Yeah, a kid I grew up with was on a uh, crotch rocket, and this was in Redford, and he was gunning it down the side street, and he was doing about, they estimated about maybe 125, 130, and... uh, he blew through a stop sign and a car was coming out. And when he hit the, Splat. excuse me, he, it wasn't a car. It was a truck. Um, oh. He hit a truck. And when he did, he went head first into the truck. And you can imagine what happened to his body from there. Instantly dead. You know, his best friend who he grew up with was, you know, 300 yards behind him on the, on the street, saw it happen. You know, this wasn't, I wouldn't say this kid was a friend of mine. It's just someone I, you know, grew up with. But yeah, I was like, when I heard about it, I'm like, <sighs> Not shocked. He, you know, this kid was always not all there. You know, that's just the way he was. And why, why you're doing that speed in a residential neighborhood in Redford? I have no idea, man. You want to well, do that? Hit M14 between fucking 275 and Ann Arbor in the middle of the I, night. One right. time, my ex-wife came home when we were still married. Uh, she had witnessed on her way home from work. Uh, she didn't see the accident, but she. 
uh, saw there was a guy in a motorcycle just on the side of the road. Another car had pulled over and she pulled over at the same time and couldn't do anything for him. They were just waiting for an ambulance and she was basically watching the guy die. Yeah, yeah she I was saw pretty, that. She was pretty fucked up over that. Mound Road. It was the off 696. It was the off ramp to go to Mound. There was a guy fucking literally, I watched him wipe out and go up, up the embankment. Yeah. Just, yeah, the bike was on him. I couldn't, I could not ride a motorcycle. No, not, see, not like that. <laughs> no, I, not out he just lost freeway. his shit. Would, well, that's yeah. my neighbor's best friend, man. Her uh, husband was riding, uh, or her and her husband were riding a uh, trike. Yeah. He had a custom built trike. It was like brand new professional bike a professional trike builder and they had taken it on like a thousand mile freaking road trip and when mm-hmm. they were like coming off the off the off ramp of the expressway to go home the fucking bike disintegrated Jeez. at 70 miles an hour fucking killed him so all right, no. this is getting too dark well man. no it's conspiracy not- <laughs> theories yeah. biker gangs death. biker gangs Let's lighten it up a little bit. Jesus Christ. Can I have another one of those cigarettes? Yeah, grab it, man. It's right there. <laughs> oh, you dirty fuckers. <laughs> I got to wait for the break. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Dude, right. seriously, I have smoked more in the last week than I've probably smoked in the previous month. I'm so stressed, but that's for another day. Dude, I put some fucking chew in my mouth today. That, that didn't last but Rose. 20 seconds. Yeah. Well, it was a pouch. It was a pouch. So David Letterman is ending his run on late night tonight, actually, but uh, it'll be a couple days later when you, when you, the public, hear this. So you guys, David Letterman fans, first of all, I like him, dude. I just, yeah. it's not something. Never really I, watched him. Not really. I mean, I've seen a few shows. Of course, everybody has, right? Well, of course, you know. yeah, I've yeah. seen some of them. I, I liked, I liked Letterman because he always seemed to have the. Um, the non Tonight Show guest on, like he would have yeah. bands that that the Tonight Show would not touch with a ten foot pole. He'd have guests that the Tonight mm-hmm. Show would not touch, like Bill Hicks. You know, was on there like seventeen times or something before he died. And uh, you know, he's had uh, uh, he had Hunter S. Thompson on all the time. He had Harvey. Uh, uh, oh shit, the guy from American Splendor. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but um, guy from had him from American Splendor to comic book. Oh, um, Harvey. Uh, 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 uh fuck was his name yeah picard harvey picard harvey picard yeah yeah he had him on a bunch you know he, he and and he always seemed to have yeah, like that. that left to center like okay here's what the main here's what the night show is going to have on and tonight show is very slick and that and his mm-hmm. show it got that way but it, it, when it started off it was well, like remember crispin glover going off on his show oh like, yeah that's the classic karate kicking at his face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, dude, if you know, like Letterman, I think is more was more of a uh, he's what created our our you know new comedy Tonight Show kind of a thing, right? You know, well, like Jimmy a, Fallon and Conan, an Def- article. Conan for sure, absolutely Conan and Stephen Colbert, even Keith, yeah, Keith Ulrich <laughs> and on uh, who writes for the BBC had an article that said that. Basically, there would be no John Stewart or Stephen Colbert if it wasn't for David Letterman. I always, I always, I dude, I love Johnny Carson because that's what my parents watched. Mm-hmm. So, but he was, he was, he was part of the establishment. Yeah, no, man. I, I agree, but that that's was what, the man. That's and what like, my parents watched. And, but dude, if you go back and watch some of them Johnny Carson clips, yeah, they no got doubt. raw back in the seventies. They were ripped on fucking everything live on air, having a good old time. There's sometimes I've seen Don Deluise on there. I'm surprised he didn't die of a heart attack because yeah. he was fucking just 
snorted a ball before he come out. Well, if, if we think back, if we remember now, I'm I don't know, Rich, you were probably too young to give a shit about it at this time. But do you remember when Carson retired? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that okay. was the end of my watching any type of late night TV show like that variety show. Honestly, that was it. Right. Because that was pretty that's much what for my, me, too. My parents watched that. Right. So I didn't watch Letterman. You know, it was like I watched that. Well, for me, uh, I was upset that David Letterman didn't get the Tonight Show gig because he should have. I, I agree. Yes. I totally agree. He, I mean, nothing against Jay. He seemed like a really nice guy. He's done a good job with the show, but David Letterman should have done that show. I agree. Well, there was a really good HBO made for HBO movie. Yeah. I want to say yeah, the yeah, mid to late that. 90s. You remember it? Yeah. I didn't get yeah. the decision. I did not get their decision to pull Jay Leno in because I wasn't familiar with his work at all at the time. I think because... And it was really odd. It was like, why would you pull him in and not Letterman? Because Letterman's amazing and could totally keep the show going and make it fresh. I think if I was to hazard a a, a guess as to what their thinking was on this, they already had him where they wanted him, which was keeping people on after The Tonight Show. Right. Yep. And Letterman was known. And and if they had to put uh, somebody else there, if they had to put somebody else there, they would lose that viewership to just either falling asleep or watching something else. So why? So what incentive do they really have to give him that slot when they could pull somebody that would draw younger viewers or at least somewhat yeah. younger? We're talking, you know, younger than sixty. Well, right? Yeah, but, like our well, age, actually. You know, they Leno, thought they would pull a little bit older than us. Right. Leno, Leno, Leno was seen as a more mainstream. Yeah, like better suited for post 11 o'clock news for middle America than David Letterman. Yeah. He is funny motherfucker, dude. I just don't like watching him. And, on, I didn't like watching him on the tonight show. And it was also kind of a restructuring of what it really meant to have late night programming because it used to be like you'd have prime time and then late night and like prime time was like you, there might be, you know, you'd find Dukes of Hazard in there or something, but especially yeah. after nine o'clock, then you're like, kids go to bed. Yep. You know, the mm-hmm. equalizers on. He, this fuck is, yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Love that show. <laughs> so, and then by the time you got to late night, it was like you know, no holds barred. At least as much as you could, or as close as you could get for uh, network television. Yeah, didn't it go like Elf, fucking Night Rider. But and then, then it started to extend. Like, like the family programming has to be on all night now because kids are staying up later, and some kids are even staying up late enough to watch the the Tonight Show. So well, yeah, me. Prime exam, right. Yeah, right, and so yeah, it's wanting to you know pull newer, younger viewers. Because when but, did Carson retire? I'm sorry, ninety two, ninety two. Right, so you know you're talking. I was you know graduating high school. Like I was a junior in high school when he retired. Right. So I watched a lot of David Letterman in high school okay. when he was on uh, NBC, and it was on it, the same time as Star Trek. So I yeah, <laughs> that that and Mash. Yeah, yeah, watched a lot dude, of lot yeah, of motherfucking yeah. Mash. But fuck yeah, um, I I don't know. It just I did not carry over to cbs a little bit but i mean right. part of it was graduating and then just being out all night anyways right. going out and doing fun things when they were on television mm-hmm. but yeah i never really watched david letterman after that well, but it, it also like, just didn't seem the same either right it was it's kind of like how oh. when i was in high school we would you know we all we, we all probably had this one friend where his parents were like okay you guys can just use our house as the flop house on the weekends mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know like yeah, everybody weekends. crashed over at my buddy moved, Terry's house. I moved to that house after I got kicked out of mine. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did at one point. <laughs> <Yeah>. That <laughs> was the first step out. 
out of the I, house. I did not actually. I did not. I didn't well, my buddy Terry, his house was like that, and every Saturday night, because we won, we weren't old enough to go out and hit the bars, but we right. all had you know cars and older brothers or friends. We would get booze and then go back to Terry's house and drink and watch Saturday Night Live. And then once I hit graduation age, I checked out on Saturday Night Live until the late right. '90s because I just man, I was out. I was out living life. Right. You know that's how I. That's what happened with uh, uh, a lot of the late night shows. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch Arsenio, Johnny Carson, David Letterman, like flipping channels, you know, on commercials and shit. And then probably about 93, 94, right around when I graduated, I just checked out all that shit. I couldn't tell you what the fuck was on going on there, you know, until I saw Triumph on Conan and died. (laughs) Almost pissed myself when he went to go to to the the premiere of uh, uh, episode one and fucked with all those people. I was like, okay, this shit's funny. All right, that's great. And I'm a Star Wars nerd. That's great. So other shit that I remember loving about David Letterman, there was always some amount of chaos on the show or nonsense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether uh, for a good period that I watched it, he seemed to be obsessed with driving RC cars into various things. He would they would stack up boxes (laughs) or empty bottles or whatever the fuck they could stack up. And just drive this car with the camera on it into it, and everybody would cheer. And I have to say, wasn't he also the one that got into throwing watermelons off the yeah, roof? throwing watermelons off the roof. And then there was your oddball shit, like every time Larry Bud Melman showed up, <laughs> who was a staple, at least through the period that I watched it. I don't know how if he was still on the show in C- at CBS, but yeah, he, was, he actually opened up the very first David Letterman show. It starts with him uh, reciting some Shakespeare or something like that, I think. And... Uh, uh, and also, That's about par for the course for David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, seeing Chris Elliott eat dog food. Chris Elliott was always uh, great when he was on. Yeah, I forgot he was on all, and he was on a lot. Yeah. Um, and Paul Schaefer. Dude, uh, yeah, the, I, I feel bad for Paul, dude. I hope, I hope. Paul stuck with him the whole no, 33 years he, they've been right. together on TV. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's he going to do, dude? He's Whatever a, the fuck he wants. He'll go I, play with Steely Dan if he wants. He's, he's an amazing fucking, musician, dude. He's amazing. I, he the is. dude's weird like he is he's weird, he's but weird it's great fuck. but he's great he's fucking he was a perfect his, straight man stick. he was a perfect straight right. man for for david yep he's just per, it's just he's got a great stick going on right you know? well look at it this way i don't think when johnny carson retired doc severson was hurting for money no you know Dude, so doc severson and, and his orchestra i miss them so much <laughs> Dude, but, uh, I, I, <laughs> they could swing man yeah they could fucking swing damn but, dude but yeah, I, I think I think I think uh, uh, old Paul's gonna be all right. You know, he's he, yeah. he's, he's got it. He's a composer. Right. He's, he's fucking. He's a millionaire. Whatever, dude. I don't. I mean, like you know, I don't know. The, the, he can fucking I play just, anything. I got mad respect for Paul Shaver. Sure. Really, remember, you know? remember when G.E. Smith was leading the Saturday Night Live band. But he's the, yeah. G.E. Smith, guitar player. He always played like, and stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. When he when they moved when they did the, the major shift after Sandler and Farley and everybody left and they brought in the I think it was the ninety five season they brought in a bunch of new people they got a new band he went like okay so now he was he was buddy guys backing him and part of the Saturday Night Live band were buddy guys backing band BB King's backing band yeah you know like th- that's that like hey we're gonna go on tour and we're gonna back up these people that you know play the music I want to play and I- I'm pretty sure that man does is not sitting there going how the fuck am I gonna pay all these bills you know I'm pretty sure. He, he he's making quite a living for himself doing that still so sure. 
Uh, you, know. you, you brought it up, and I'm sorry, but B.B. Uh, B. King, yeah, rest in peace, man. Thank you for everything you did for us. Yeah, I'm glad I got to see him live. I saw him live in 2003, and I, I'm not even going to lie, man. Fucking, it was like a religious experience. Yeah, yeah. No, like, it's, no, that's, it's a bummer, dude. But on, on nobody's that, got shit to say about him. Like, nobody's nope. got any dirt on this guy who has... How many fucking kids does he have with how many different women? Yeah, yeah but he took care of them, though, didn't he? Right. He you did know his, what I'm saying? I mean, Kids. I mean, care of his shit. I don't know if, if that's what you call taking care. He paid for them. I know he doesn't have. He didn't have relationships with all of them. Yeah, well, but you know, what kind of relationship you got with your dad? <laughs> you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh, touched the nerve in this. Maybe if he'd go out and make some money. <laughs> well, but what I'm uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you know, whatever. No, I I am not trying to disparage him. It was more just out of uh, I'm just fascinated by the fact that like. I don't know. He he was just a fucking old blues guy He's who a, did what old yeah. blues guys did, and everybody loved him because he was. He just seemed to be so nice to everyone. He was just there forever. I at, yeah, I worked at uh, when I worked at Guitar Center. I worked with a guy who got to meet him. They were, I Guitar Center was doing some kind of promotional thing, and he got to be the one that showed up with the t-shirts and the stickers and shit. And he's a very talkative guy, and managed to talk himself into a little meeting with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wrong podcast, B- asshole. Boy, I wish <laughs> I wish I could partake with you. Okay. Uh, with BB King, and he, but he he brought something to get signed by him, which was uh, a little uh, electronic tester for diabetes <laughs> for his wife. His wife has diabetes, and it has this little tester, and he wanted him to sign it because. You know, he was famous for talking about diabetes anyway. Yep, yeah. That, that was the story. And BB signed it? Yeah, he thought it was hilarious. See, now that's a dude who can laugh at himself. Right. I mean, like, you hear horror stories about people like, like, look at the modern equivalent of someone like BB King, someone who's been around forever and who, not really is relevant, there? but BB is, King. but I would say like Madonna, man. She's, she has a hardcore following. She's been around forever. She's not really relevant to most of the mainstream these days, but every uh-huh. once in a while, uh-huh. she pops in as like, she, she guessed on someone's song or something like that and ooh, it brings it back and we have this little moment where we all go oh remember when madonna was relevant yeah that was nice and then we send her back on her way and go okay now go talk british and shit and bb would come in and he'd like do an album with eric clapton okay it- but i man i i cannot nah, get behind this comparison nah, i can't either bro i know you're talking in very broad terms but i mean Oh, the you've got you've got to weigh the talent Dickdale. and the personality, Dickdale, and all that. Dickdale, Dickdale. That's yep. yeah, yeah, kind of because I mean, look, like, look, yeah, but what, is, how old is he? Oh, he's, he's fucking not, old, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's seventy something. Yeah, he's got to be. So I want to, dude. When I, when we played with him, uh, he was what, like, I think, want to say he was like seventy two when right. we opened for him. Well, okay, so he certainly did a fair amount of, like, uh, well, he played with U2, uh, Eric Clapton. He just wanted to play, really. Yeah. And you, you have to argue that, you know, any track that he was on, as shitty as it may have been, he made it better. Santana. Right. He, he didn't make anything worse. <laughs> Santana. There what, you, are you go. <laughs> what are you naming still? People who are the modern-day equivalent of B.B. King? Sure, I guess. Is that That's what we're doing? <laughs> I, I can't say there's a modern-day equivalent, yeah. but I mean, Santana I think you got to get a little bit closer no, to Santana, the modern-day. Yeah, yeah, because at 92.3, it's, it's, a, it's a local um, uh, R&B and, and, and stuff station here in Detroit. They actually started playing B.B. King after he died. 
And I'm like, oh, that figures. But uh, right. one of the, I, I'd never heard this. It was a fucking BB King playing with a rapper, but it wasn't like the cheesy what you would think. Yeah. It was just like a, a legit hip hop beat, and BB singing and playing over top of it. And I was like, damn, that's 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 a bit all right. How the fuck did that happen? You know, because he wasn't was, afraid to get out there and just play and and have his music heard by as many people as possible. He used to say all the time, "Hey, in, in, I've read interviews and and I mean, upon interviews with the man over the years in guitar magazines and musician magazines, and he always said, you give me a backing band, I'll get up on stage and play with anybody.'" And he meant that shit. And he like he took a lot of people under his wing that he didn't have to. I mean, like if you you can go back and look at like the guys from the the Austin, Texas, 70s, uh, early 80s blues scene, he yeah. took all them guys under his way. Kenny Wayne Shepard, dude. You ever seen yeah. him play with Kenny Wayne Shepard? Yep. He, uh, Joe Bonamasso, or however you pronounce his name. He, uh, Derek right. Trucks. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of guitar players. And these are young guys. These are guys like our age or younger. That he took under yeah, his wing Kenny and he was Wayne still Shepherd's doing it. Shepard's like not even 30 yet. Fucking yeah. He was like 17 years old when he was badass. That was back in 97, I want to say. You know what I, I love about watching B.B. King play is the way that he moves his mouth, if you notice. Yep. Uh-huh. When he's when he's what he's playing on guitar, he's like, it's almost like it's coming out of his mouth, like he's singing the notes. Yeah. Well, that Hendrix... He he said in an interview, uh, well, obviously, <laughs> long ago because he's been dead for a long time. He said, uh, "They said, how do you how do you do this singing while you're playing?" And he goes, oh, "Man, I got that from BB." Yeah, he goes, "That's that's that's what I did. Like I sing the lines you're playing. If you can sing or hum your, your guitar solo, it's going to make more sense than if you can't." And he's like, "Right, BB's, you know, shit was like that." And the, the, here's the thing where guitar nerds are going to be like, man, fuck him. But BB didn't even fucking, he admitted, he's like, man, I don't, I don't practice chords. All I, all I do is, you know, I didn't practice chords. I practice scales. I learned how to play and sing. That's what, that was my thing. Call and response, mm-hmm. you know? And so I pay other people to play chords around me. Right. And when I saw him live, he said this shit. And on top of that, I mean, his tone is so unique to him, but I got to say this, when you, when I saw him live, at least his tone had a lot more edge to it, like yeah. a lot more overdrive to it. And I was like, holy shit. I was expecting clean BB King, you know, like, oh, okay. Yeah. That motherfucker got up there and had some fucking ripping tone. And I well, was like, we know that uh, he was playing Lucille. That's like, that's, oh, yeah. that right. was the guitar. That was the only thing I ever saw him play, which was, it's a hollow body Gibson, if you don't know. What kind of amp does he play out of, though? Or did he? he- he was playing when I saw him. He was playing out of a, uh, a uh, oh shit! It come out in the nineties. I, I used to own one. It's called an Evil Twin. It's basically a twin. It's like a uh, JCM. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Fender. I was just waiting for Fender. It was, yeah. yeah, it was a Fender. Yeah, the it's Evil like, Twin. It was a Red Knob, right? No, it was not Red Knob. It really? Was, it was right after they transitioned back to the the old school. Oh, okay. Black, blackface, you know, with the with the. The, it, the top hat knobs. It was stuff. a twin that actually had re, uh, a distortion rather built into it. There was a gain channel on it, right? Yes, yes. They, or they it, it was a, or it was a knob that you could pull combo. out. 
Yeah, they modeled it after the JCM 800, which May which has it, one, and I, I love. Which is one clean of the, and dirty. It, which is one of the best dirty sounds ever. Just makes me want to play Smashing Pumpkin chords. Oh, dude. Or, or Led no Zeppelin. Idea. No idea. I'd get a strat through or his fucking JCM 800. Black Sabbath. I got a strat through his JCM 800, and I'm fucking Billy Corgan out, dude. Fuck That's, yeah. Get some lace sensors on that bitch. <laughs> all right well i think that about wraps it up for this show before we completely nerd out on instruments but uh yeah i think everybody's gonna miss bb king hey one of the, it's sad to say but it's the truth man all these all these old blues guys that we've taken for granted there's not many of them left i mean albert king's gone freddie king's gone bb king's gone albert collins is gone uh, you know bobby blue bland's gone i mean you got you got basically like buddy guy and who else I don't. I don't know. Is T Bone Walker gone? Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's been gone a he's long gone time. time. Holland Wolf's gone. Buddy Waters is gone. He's. Yeah. I mean, so if, if you're a blues fan and you get a chance, don't fucking pass it up thinking, "Oh, I'll catch him next time." Because these these brothers are getting old. I mean, like, should probably sit and and, and live off of their their you know what they've done. But no, they're still out there playing. But they might not be back through again. So right, because none of them <laughs> they all got fucked over by the record companies. Yeah, no shit. Oh well, but that's I mean, a whole other story. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they've gotten like like guys like Buddy Guy. He's he's gotten his love back. You know what I'm saying? Like from his second coming. You know, he owns a bar, Legends, in Chicago. That all the blues guys that are traveling come through, and they have to stop in. And if he's there. He's going to jam with you. You know, all that type shit. But it took what 50, 60 years of him playing to get that, mm-hmm. and he still has to be on the road because he's still providing for his family. So yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right. Anyways, yep. Different story for different day. All right. Fuck you, ninety five. <laughs> see you next week alright later guys later if you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it head on over to iTunes leave a comment and rate it 5 stars make sure you like and share us on Facebook and don't forget to follow us on Twitter just search for Christopher Media thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net most importantly we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you Christopher Media could not exist without your support thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net and thank you for listening. Christopher Media, let's make some noise.